Welcome to Tax Breaks, the Moody's Tax Podcast, where you find informed discussions, lively debate, and sometimes a little lighthearted fun around tax issues in Canada, the United States, and around the world. Good day. My name is Kim Moody. I'm the CEO of Moody's Private Client, Moody's Tax, and I'm here with my illustrious colleague, Kenneth Kun. Hello, everyone. Kenneth is... Uh, I don't even know what to call you anymore, Kenneth, because your roles change all the time here. But mm-hmm. let's just say he's one of the smartest tax guys in Canada, super good guy. And today, Kenneth and I are going to talk uh, about a case that came out. Uh, today is July the, what is it today? July the 14th. And uh, a couple of days ago, uh, an interesting case was released into the databases, a case called Bruce Jackman and Nancy Jackman versus the Queen. And it deals with personal use benefits um, received by shareholders of a corporation that owns assets. Um, In this particular case, uh, it dealt with um, boats. But before we get to the specific facts, uh, I'll just say that this case, and I think you would probably agree, Kenneth, is not really a landmark case by any means. Mm -hmm. It's more entertaining, though, than anything. And I think it's just a nice reminder uh, that you got to be careful out there to the extent that um, that you have a corporation, private corporation that owns personal use assets, or if there's personal benefits received off assets uh, owned by a corporation. Would you agree, Kenneth, that that this is kind mm-hmm. of a gentle reminder more than anything? Even though, and I'm I'm kind of blowing the uh, result here, <laughs> and, and a nice confirmation of things that we have always said. And it doesn't seem like CRA gets. Exactly. Yeah. So in this case, the taxpayer was successful, uh, but not before the CRA put them through hell. So the short facts are uh, that uh, a company out of um, in, in Vancouver Island called uh, CAB uh, owned a boat. And of course, they owned a boat because they operated a marina business. Uh, because where they operated the marina business was in a fairly isolated spot off Vancouver Island. And so, you know, they sold gas and they rented boats and they did a bunch of things like that. And for some reason, the CRA went after these shareholders because the corporation owned a particular smaller boat uh, and the CRA uh, asserted that there was a personal use benefit attributed to the shareholders, mom and dad, uh, uh, which is Nancy and um, Bruce, uh, for the use of this boat. The judge, Justice uh, Boyle, goes into a lot of uh, facts in terms of you know, the use of the boat. Um, but I'll just read a couple paragraphs which illustrate. Um, so paragraph six, uh, the just judge in his decision says, Listening to and looking at the evidence, it might not be hard to picture their region, community, and commercial activities appearing in a Canadian TV documentary on a documentary channel providing the context for a Canadian reality TV show on History Channel, or providing a locale for a sequel to Corner Gas, or a a remake of The Beachcombers. (laughs) I found that quite funny because I bet you, Kenneth, you don't even remember The Beachcombers. You're too young. (laughs) Are they they a band? (laughs) Are they a band? No, Kenneth, that was a classic CBC show from the 1970s. And it was filmed on Vancouver Island. It, it, it was um, it was a, a classic um, series. But so that's kind of the context of where the, uh, the Jackmans operated their business. 
Going on to uh, paragraph 13, it says, Personal use of the Port Neal Explorer, which was the name of the boat, was very occasional, less than a half a dozen times, taking friends or family or visiting relatives out in the harbor immediately in front of the marina to get a better view of watching the whales that could be seen from the shore and docks. It was also used no more than a half dozen times in the off-season when it was moored in a boathouse in Nanaimo for the Jackmans to spend the night sleeping in its V-berth instead of the local motel while waiting for the morning ferry to the mainland. It is not clear that all these trips to the mainland were unrelated to the business. In each of the two years in question, the Jackmans recorded and paid, by way of reducing shareholder loans, $18,000 to CAB in respect to their personal use of the boat. This was done in consultation with their accountant, and the Jackmans thought it was a conservatively high amount in the circumstances. I'll, I'll just pause there for a, Kent, uh, for a minute. When I read this, Kenneth, I thought, wow, good on the accountants for at least recognizing that there might be some personal benefit in accounting for it. When I read the case, uh, though, and you know, the judge tends to conclude at the very end uh, that $18,000 seems very high in the circumstances, but I, I thought good on the accounts because you and I lecture on this quite often, right? Yeah. And we lecture on this because I think some accountants and more taxpayers than accountants just ignore the personal use. They don't account for it. But in this case, they did. Any comments there, Kenneth? Yeah. Um, so Section 15 of the Act says any any time a corporation confer a benefit to a shareholder or someone connected to the shareholder um, is an income inclusion to the shareholder. So it's important to recognize this uh, so that the corporation don't confer a benefit to shareholder and people connected to the shareholder. And, and one way to do that is to make sure the shareholder, if there is personal use, the shareholder is paying market, market rate of uh, rent um, to the corporation at least. And, and here, so good on them on doing that. And, and them having done that show that they have um, thought about it and tried to comply with the law, which goes a long way when things go to dispute with CRA uh, or, or it goes to court because it shows that the taxpayer was trying to act reasonably and compliant. Totally agree. The only comment I'll make, um, Kenneth, just, and I think you and I need to do another podcast on this issue because... This is something that we've written about a lot, but you and I haven't uh, done a podcast on. I think we should. Is how do you actually compute the benefit? Is it the fair market value rent? I mean, a lot of people think that, mm -hmm. but the courts, in a case, you know, in a trilogy of cases called Donovan and Finkhold and uh, Youngman, uh, make it clear that it's not fair market value rent. In some cases. Yeah. In but in. Most cases, it's the opportunity cost uh, the, uh, mm -hmm. that ultimately is um, uh, realized as a result of that, which can be rather punitive. Yeah. So, but in any event, I do take your point that, and I agree with you that in this case, you know, they took a reasonable approach. Yeah, and given it is only five percent of the time it is used for personal use, in this particular case, fair market value rent is fair market value charter rate is, I would think, reasonable. Yeah, I totally agree. Because it was not clear, sorry, it was very clear from the facts that this was not a personal use asset. Mm -hmm. This was a business asset. Um, so carrying on with some of the, I'll go to the more entertaining uh, parts here. Maybe, maybe Kim, maybe just tell 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 our, our audience what ninety five percent of the time what they actually use the boat for. Yeah, that's a good point, Kenneth. Uh, so when you know the case makes it clear that the boat was used for marketing purposes for getting. 
people to the marina for advertising for the marina um, and goes into a fair amount of detail as to the boat's use. So very clear that it was used for business. And, and those marketing activities mostly involve them being on the owner, being actually being on the boat itself, uh, socializing with other boaters, going to boating convention. Yeah. And so things that look very fun to the auditors. <laughs> geez, I wish, if I'm an auditor, geez, I wish I could have done that. <laughs> so more envy than, than anything, which... Um, so going on to the law, the analysis of uh, law and analysis section of the decision, there's some pretty blunt comments made by the judge. And so, um, so paragraph 17, uh, the judge says, all the use of the Port McNeil Explorer in marketing CAB's business was bona fide legitimate marketing. There is virtually no evidence that could sustain the personal use of the boat as more than incidental, much less it was used exclusively per, for personal use by the appellants and that it was not used for promoting business, as set out in the reply. Uh, paragraph 18 goes on, and this is, <laughs> you know, for geeks like you and I, Kenneth, this is kind of a bit shocking uh, to read something like this because you don't see it too often, at least the bluntness by, by judges. So it says this, While it makes sense that the CRA might want to review the use of an expensive pleasure craft by our marina owner-operator, it can be noted that in this case, the appellant's evidence was very much the same as the detailed answers given in written discovery, and the respondent did not call any witnesses with contrary evidence or bring contradictory evidence with which to challenge the appellant's testimony. Even after the evidence was all before the court, unchallenged even as to credibility, this appeal carried on into its second day for argument. This all appears to have been driven by one or more CRA officials who did not attend for any of the evidence. I'll stop there, and it goes on, but that that was <laughs> that, that's quite incredible uh, bluntness uh, by the judge. Basically, the way I take it, Kenneth, is how dare you disrespect um, you know valuable court time? This should have been settled outside uh, a long time ago. That's certainly the way I took yeah. the message. Yes. So uh, the last comment uh, you know, I'll read to you from the uh, from the judge's paragraph twenty, which. This is not a new comment. It's been stated often, but I think sometimes the CRA loses sight of this uh, in our experience, and in this case, certainly it appears they did lose sight of it. So paragraph 20 says, CRA has not been allowed by the courts to simply second-guess a business's marketing strategy or efforts, even if they turn out to be unsuccessful in generating revenue. Uh, in plain English, and it goes on and on to, to give reasons why, in plain English, what I take from that, Kenneth, which I think is absolutely right, is the CRA, you know, uh, and its auditors cannot second guess and use the benefit of hindsight as to what the business owner was doing and how they spent their money, which makes total sense. If you're an entrepreneur, and I like to consider that I'm an entrepreneur, you know, you make fast business decisions every day that in hindsight can be easily challenged. Mm -hmm. But in the moment, <laughs> you're, you're, you're making risky and calculated decisions, sometimes with the benefit of wisdom and experience as opposed to rational and logical. Mm -hmm. so, and, and sometimes, like for example, we, yesterday we threw, we threw a um, patio party for, uh, for some of our clients, yeah. and um, it was fun. We did socializing. Yeah, we did. Was it for business purpose? Absolutely it was. Mm -hmm. you, and you know, could one second guess the value of that in hindsight? Sure. But, you know, we 
chose to do that because we think there's value in, in providing a socializing atmosphere for clients and referral sources in our team. Yeah. And, and so, I'll, maybe I'll read uh, paragraph 22 oh, of sure, this yeah. case because I think it would be a good paragraph to repeat to CRA auditors sure. um, when they challenge these kind of cases. So the judge here says, once it is established that business marketing activities were bona fide and primarily undertaken for business purposes and that the expenses were themselves reasonable, it does not matter that the marketing involves socializing with clients, potential clients, and or other persons or entities relevant to its business, nor does it matter that the business owner is good at it or even enjoys it. It is normal for Canadian business owners to maintain, establish, or enlarge relationships with customers, suppliers, or clients over pleasurable social activities, such as lunch or dinner, going to sports game, music festival, playing golf, etc. It is hardly surprising or suspicious that a, that a boating business would conduct such activities at boating events and venues and would use a boat for such purposes. Yeah, I, I, that, <laughs> that's brilliant and so true, right? Yeah. Um, and it's pragmatic, and, and I think sometimes we lose sight of that in uh, we as a society is what I'm saying. Uh, as practitioners, um, you know, tax practitioners, we, I think, do a good job uh, advising our clients and our referral sources that, hey, don't push the envelope too far here. Uh, you know, one of the things that we see often, Kenneth, is, you know, uh, practitioners or taxpayers who think they're brilliant by buying a cottage mm -hmm. in their corporation. That's clearly going too far, and you and I will do another podcast on something like that later. But this case, you know, the Jackman case, was clearly not one of those cases. Mm -hmm. And so it surprises me that the CRA would actually not take a pragmatic approach to this. I'd love to see why or understand why well, the CRA I, took this to court. I, I think because there are, like, there are bad apples out there. For sure, lot. there are. And yeah. um, I, I do, I, I do sympathize with the CRA because a lot of cases they deal with are outrageously non-compliant. Right, and I do too, Kenneth. Don't get me, you know. I hope our listeners don't take me the wrong way, and I hope you don't either. It's just sometimes I think a pragmatic approach needs to be taken more often, and mm -hmm. this I think is an example of that. Yeah, for sure. So, all right. Well, with that. Uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully you, you learned something. Uh, I found this case entertaining more than anything, Kenneth, mm -hmm. but I also found it uh, a good reminder of what the law is on personal use benefits. And you and I will do a podcast here uh, shortly just to remind our listeners what that law is. So thanks, Kenneth. Thank you. Bye now. Bye.